On this podcast, we talk about different areas of business and all things marketing. My name is Dave Doyle. And I'm Dave Alton. And this is Social Antics, another marketing podcast. Hey folks, and welcome to Social Antics, another marketing podcast. Usually you do the introduction, but we've no producer this week because ours fucked off to New York for a couple of days. Back to the old days, just the two of us. We are producerless, which means that he left us all the equipment. And said good luck. He he left us the lights and the camera and we fucking have to do the action ourselves and we're in big trouble because we spent all the time trying to get this all set up. Trying to get a light bulb on. And we haven't a clue. We've no prep done. No prep done. So apologise to our regular audience. This is going to be a bit different. It's very different, very different. Yeah, he's off. Um, I would say sunning himself. But I don't know what it's like off in America. We're waiting on the update. We'll do a d- dial in live into Owen. Dial in live into Owen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it did, it did realise us how clueless we are about all this shit without a producer. To be honest, with it was you. great it was when it was just us before and one mic and we didn't have to worry one about. One mic and terrible audio and all the rest of it. Yeah, bring back the good old days. Class retro back in the social day. antics. Yeah, exactly. Back in the day. Exactly. Now, one thing that didn't change this week is that um, we still have beer. You brought the we beer this week. We needed more this week. <laughs> we needed a lot more this week. Um, so you brought the beer this week. I did. I brought down Killarney Brewing, uh, Killarney Beer. It's Hell's Lager. Um, and the reason why I picked it up was it was a fairly big bottle. And I thought we needed a bit extra this week than just <laughs> a small can. Um, but I kind of regretted it when I got down here because I looked at the side and I was like, oh, there's a there's a good bit of text on the side of this one now to get through. So, But in fairness, they've done it great. So local legend tells... Of a fierce battle between Thor and the devil, Thor cast down lightning bolts after lightning bolt upon the devil, who retained by tearing up the earth and hurling it retaliated. back. Retaliated. You've had too much to Was drink. it? Or oh, retaliated. Sorry, retaliated by tearing up the earth. Tearing uh, up the earth. T- you fucking eat. I'll read it. <laughs> Go on, pick it up there, Dave. It's like in school, you know, no, you say, you can pick it, it up yeah, now. You can pick it up there now. Dave, where, where, did you lose your place? In I the, forgot my glasses. Yeah, so... Thor cast down lightning bolt after lightning bolt upon the devil who retaliated by tearing up the earth and hurling it back. The resulting basin filled up with water and became known as the devil's punch bowl. That's a different story to what I learned in geography. Back yeah, in no, I don't remember that happened down in Killarney now myself. If I put that on me, it even sort of failed it, I reckon. That's like something the Healy Rays have come up with down in Kerry. Uh, do you think I could do library readings and stuff if the old academia doesn't work out? Yeah, I think you could. Yeah, yeah. You charge for it and everything. A uh, lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, actually, normally I ask you what's happened this week, but one thing I wanted to bring up this week was to get, to get your thoughts on it. You're right there. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> to get your thoughts on it. I was driving through the lovely Cork City during the week. And Which is where we are both living. Where we are both living. For our international audience. That's it. And I was driving along and next thing, a man in a van drove up beside me and obviously in a rush to get somewhere and decided he was going to weave in and out of traffic. He was uh, driving right up behind an LA, basically beeping the horn to get her to move out of the way and just drove very, very erratically out of the city in a dangerous manner. In the words of um, in the I, words of um, one of my favorite people, what an inconsiderate little bollocks! Yeah, yeah, I was thinking something similar to that yeah. myself, but it got me thinking actually because I was I was driving out the road after and I was like, you know, will I or won't I? Because it was obviously a branded van he was working. I was like, will I or won't I ring the company and tell them about this person's behavior because they were driving a branded van? And I was like, if I was in the position of the owner, 
would I like someone to call me? Before I tell you what happened, would what would you do? Would you call? See, it dep- see, it dep- see w- like, we've had this before as well, right? Whereby we've been, so without naming the company or anything like that, remember we were out in a staff night out a number of years ago and we went to a bar and the cheeky buggers got us out of the bar through nefarious means, let's say. So we were in the bar at a cr- Christmas party. Bouncer came up, and again, well-known business that we were working with at the time. And the bouncer came up to us and said, lads, can you step outside for a minute? Now we thought, because we knew the owner, right? So we thought, oh, they're having a bit of a joke here, or you know, something's going on. And then they for, basically for the rest said, of it, we were just after walking into the pub. Oh, ju- oh, just after walking in, literally, we had about that much gone out of our drinks, and we got a tap on the, the shoulder. Pi- the pint hadn't even gone past me. Yeah. Lips, I'd say. I can't remember what I ordered. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, basically, we were told, "No, you're not meant to be in here." No, complete either a case of mistaken identity, but we actually think it happened is that we went in one door. We were told we'd go around the front door, and said we did, and then they thought. Obviously on the cameras at the bounces. There's not many places go. in Cork now that have two doors, so we're, we're no, narrowing down we're narrowing the bars. narrowing down fairly quickly, but your man wouldn't even come out and kind of say, because we were all sober. Mm. Like, it was kind of like, what is going on here? Like, it made no sense. So The younger, reckless crew of the staff had gone on somewhere else and it was us. They got somewhere else. All the old directors, the directors <laughs> of the company were left sitting there. Um, but like, it was absolutely like mad the way it happened. But I don't know. Like, I mean... I very, very rarely give out about brands like kind of online or anything like that or I very rarely kind of go and follow because I just like have better things to be doing. Um, But I kind of appreciate when people do it but in a genuine manner if that makes any sense. Like I don't like, like what I don't like is when you see people going to a supermarket for example and you've got a blend of students, younger staff, interns, experienced staff, whatever. You've got a big blend in there. And someone goes in and they start acting the Billy Big Bollocks and ripping job people a new one because something is a little bit or they're out or something. That's uncalled for. And people going in and being rude to bar staff or being rude to restaurant because they think there's something Entitled. wrong. An entitlement. That is I've had unacceptable. It plenty of times when I've been on this side unacceptable. of the bar. Unacceptable. I cannot. Entitlement is one of the worst things that you can possibly have in terms of customer service or customer experience. And I wouldn't tolerate it at all. What you're saying, though, is obviously someone just acting in a reckless manner where they drove out in front, could have caused an accident, and it's representing your brand, yes. right? So, yeah, like, I mean, if I was the market... And this is... So this is the, the joys of the marketing manager. That was it. Right? That was the, my the, cap was on. I was like, oh, there's a brand. I know the brand. They now have a bad... Rep, that band or brand have a bad reputation in my head, you know. So I, I did. I, I phoned up. Um, and I asked to speak to one did of the managers. You? I did, yeah. I was a good citizen. Now after everyone, I went on. I felt very bad. After. Snitches get stitches. Well, I done it in a very nice manner. I did not give out. I didn't curse. I didn't do anything. I rang up and said, "Look, I'm just letting you know. Um, whoever's driving the van, basically coming out of Cork City at the moment, have a word and tell him, calm it down a bit now, or he's going to cause a crash yeah, or yeah. worse or whatever." In fairness, I was delighted because normally, you know, you ah, yeah, grand, yeah, cheers, thanks. And this fella took my details and I said, look, I don't want any calls back. I don't want anything. Just followed up for your own sake. And, you know, we leave it at that. Like, you know, no, I never got a phone call back. I can't even remember what the company but was called. But you did ask not to get a phone exactly, call back. Exactly, yeah, yeah, I did, fair. But um, I didn't ask for a phone call back and they didn't even fucking ring me back Well, afterwards. he told me he would. He was very adamant on the call. He was going to call me back and let me know that uh, he was after having a chat with them. But uh, no, in fairness, it just got me thinking, like, you know, about the whole area of, as you even said there, 
people that want to you know send in a complaint or you know get a bad experience or whatever and nowadays so many business sorry so many uh, customers consumers whatever you want to call them are straight away going to online reviews google reviews twitter warriors whatever it is and just slating for no absolute no reason like and it drives us mad because we're both involved in the area we're involved in in terms of we're managing social media so it comes across our door you know the odd time it like, does, you know. but there's two sides to it so like so for example right so i'm after implementing trust pilot in a business that i'm consulting with at the moment right and it's brilliant for a number of reasons right so one um, if someone goes onto the website for the first time or if they come in store, we've got the Trustpilot branding up there. It's all legitimate um, and Trustpilot is a recognised brand in and of itself. So it's not like us putting up the top five testimonials we've ever had and people are like, sure, of they're course, of course they're good. <laughs> like, you know, um, in this particular case, it's legitimate reviews and there's hundreds of them. So we couldn't possibly fabricate them, right? That's brilliant for us because it adds an element of social proof. So other people think that it's good for, um, or think that shopping here is good. Therefore, I'm going to shop here as well. And again, we all know that customers will trust other customers before they actually trust other marketers. So that's the good side of it. But what's even better than that is that we as marketers can then turn around to the staff and show the staff the reviews. And when someone calls someone out saying, oh, this person did a great job at, it's a clothing shop, so whatever, styling me, whatever the story was, that gives them a bit of a shot in the arm. And it also helps us from a kind of a consumer evaluation or a staff evaluation perspective and stuff like that. So there is a lot of value, I think, to that consumer contributing to um, that kind of feedback loop between the brand, the customer and the staff. But more so now than ever, there is that sense of entitlement still where people are just fucking rude and it drives me up the wall. What, what drives me up the wall is, is if someone has an absolutely amazing experience inside in a restaurant or whatever it is, um, that's brilliant. If they decide to go and put a review up, it's like, was there last Thursday? Brilliant. Well done. Thanks. If someone has a bad experience, oh jeez, you're like you're writing a novel by the time they oh, get yeah. to the end of it. The the, the passion comes into it. The, no wonder you know, what people have like spend their time doing more yeah, than anything else. Like, like you, know? you know, it's so like my always words to someone. If like if you've genuine, I don't expect a review every single time someone's visited a store. But if you have an exceptional experience or something that you really need to say, put the thoughts in. Don't just think it. If you went into somewhere and said, you know what, that was absolutely fantastic ring them up, tell them, put it online, whatever it is, go to the effort instead of waiting for that one bad experience that you might have been, you might have been served by someone that was having a shit day or something went wrong or was someone that's been inexperienced training first yeah. day. Um, like, for example, I was in somewhere recently, um, when I say recently, it was in the last six months, but it was kind of in the height of COVID and they were, I was getting a coffee somewhere and I was chatting away to them and they were on their own on a coffee dock and I was like, Oh, how, how's you know? I was chatting away to him. I was like, "How's things? How long are you working here?" Blah blah blah. Oh, it's my first day. All right. Um. All right. And have you been really barista somewhere else or whatever? No, it's my first day. And we're trying into a busy place to look after coffees for a day. Like that's unacceptable. Like, and that's only opening people up for yeah, but, yeah, bad reviews. No, but to be fair, there's a lot of businesses at the moment, particularly in hospitality, struggling for staff big time. Um. But yes, they're struggling for staff, and that's no problem. That's the reality of today. But don't put people into areas that's going to open your business up for for 
bad publicity. But if you're a coffee shop and you have a new barista, what choice do you have? Someone should be standing over them, just showing oh, yeah, them how this no, person was prob- on their own. No, but there probably was someone just dipping. I don't know. I know what the context is, but look, in the majority of situations, someone isn't going to be just sh- go serve coffee. Like there goes surprises some of the places. Training there, yeah, maybe. But I mean, in the majority of cases, that is that isn't what happens, right? So people go in and particularly now again because there is a shortage of staff around the place right so people are inexperienced there is people short staff they're under pressure my thing with people is that just be fucking nice just be nice and particularly when I remember um, during the last lockdown Myself and a buddy went out on let's call it a session. Went for one or two. So <laughs> went for a session. Tuesday yeah, night. <laughs> went for one or two on a Tuesday night, yeah. And what ultimately ended up happening is we ended up outside some bar and spent quite a lot of money on quite a lot of cocktails and beer. Going and on whatever. the previous story, did you end up outside the bar or were you pushed outside the bar? No, no, we ended up outside the bar. No, <laughs> right, it was okay. an outside bar. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And um but they had a full new fleet of staff. And we threw them a few bob at the end of it. And it was like all the girls' Christmases came at once when we just gave them a little bit of a tip. But during the night, you could see people getting a little bit annoyed that they were waiting a little bit longer than they wanted. And I'm kind of going, you're in the middle of a lockdown. They're all short-staffed. They're all new-staffed. They're all young. Calm your tits a small bit and just fucking enjoy yourself. Do you know what I mean? So... People need to be a little bit empathetic as well. No, I think, no, I, I, I do get that. I do get that. I'm just afraid that, not afraid, sorry. I'm just worried that a lot of businesses are opening themselves up in places where they don't they don't necessarily have to uh, in terms of ruining good experience, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and that's what just a lot of brands can watch out for it and they're not at the moment. I'm going to have to stop you there, actually. The whole branding and... Uh, Marketing product placement cap is kicking in now, and I know the lads in Clarny Brewing won't be too happy now. The, ba- the label's not showing forward. It's been touch. really annoying me there for the last few minutes. Did you just touch <laughs> did, yeah. the neck of my bottle? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be all right. Very few people are allowed to touch the neck of my bottle, and you're <laughs> no, not no, no, one no. Of them. <laughs> Keep it clean. Keep it clean. You've done very well the last couple of weeks. Know, no dirty yeah. jokes. So, actually, this time of the year now, you're all, I, I suppose that's what you're drinking, is it? You're celebrating. I'm drinking every week, but we're done grading. Done grading, yeah. Thank happy God, week. Yeah. So Happy all week done. this week, yeah, yeah. Besides Owen not being here, which has been made this one of the most stressful weeks <laughs> of my life. But yeah, other than that, we're all right. Hopefully he comes back next week. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he comes back next week, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's your celebrating all, grading all done? Grading done, yeah. And what's been a very, very straight... Like, so obviously teaching during COVID was bizarre because it was me... And this is going to sound very, very strange, but it was me, a webcam in my room with myself trying to teach. And that is ultimately ultimately what it was, right? Because you're doing the pre-recorded lectures or you're doing lectures live. But like when I was doing, again, I'm not helping myself here, but when I was doing the lectures, I did the proper green screen. So it was a proper stood up. Like, no, it was a proper stood up lecture. Those those little circle green screens around you, yeah? Uh, no, no, it was a full proper green screen. Oh, your full notions. Oh, the full notions. Oh, absolutely. In the green. So that was then turned um, full either black or white and you'd have the slides in the oh, corner. Oh, I thought you had like the Caribbean or something behind no, you. No, 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 no. Way more classy than that. Way more classy than that. So, but that was to try and make, like, again, we were all locked down, right? So, one, I had more time on my hands, obviously, as everyone did. But as well as that too, my logic was the lecture will be more authentic or real if I'm doing the lecture as I would have 
done the lecture if I was in the class, except probably without the moving around. But it was at least... Or a big you know, black or white screen behind probably, you. Yeah, exactly. So, but there was an element of, this is absolutely insane. Like, I'm talking to myself or I'm talking to black tiles. I'm not sure which one was kind of yeah. worse. Like, Are you there? Yeah, <laughs> is anyone there at all? Am I talking to myself? But we've talked about but, it a few times. Like, even with me, I've done a couple, I've jumped in on a couple of guest lectures for you. It is awful. And well, I'm so broken. glad that it's things broken. are back in classes. But the different, but this is, so this is the trick. And this is where the problem was, is that because this year was hybrid, you had the recordings of the in-class lectures. You had some people doing full recordings and then you had a weird opt-in, opt-out situation where people could come to class, but they could opt out if they were afraid of COVID yeah. and if they had COVID. Or didn't want to get out of bed. Exactly. Or, all, or, that, all that kind of... Look, there was a great... like, And obviously, look, it happens. Like, But there was... I saw... It wasn't actually the university that I'm teaching in, but it was a different <laughs> university. <laughs> disclaimer. Yeah, yeah disclaimer. Yeah. It wasn't that university, but it was a different where someone accidentally turned their camera on and they happened to be in the kitchen drinking wine during the lecture and the lecture had to go like i'm glad you find this so entertaining as to crack open a bottle of wine but can you turn off your camera please so very 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 strange and look it's as bad for the students right so there's there are some things that can be wrapped around technology so people can say oh it's more convenient and that's fine. And there are excuses around that. And there's more flexibility. And particularly with the issues around um, uh, heightened cost of living, yeah. rent expenses, all that kind of stuff. There is a logic to having some recorded materials available. However. <laughs> Big but. <laughs> there is, with the hybrid element, because you're getting a mix of people who do come to class don't come to class you can then have very very low attendances yeah. if you're a lecturer who very much relies on a discussion based class you might have that level of discussion and then two two hours becomes a very long two oh, hours very long two hours and then you also have other elements whereby people don't know whether they're going to come to class or not and therefore they may opt out of doing a reading for example so therefore that kind of um that engagement is a lot less for me, the main thing was like, because for me, lecturing is always a co-production. It's you lecturing, but then the students contribute via either engaging with you, engaging with each other, but also you get a sense of whether they're actually getting it or not. So if you're teaching, you'll have students and they're kind of subtly nodding along and you can see the blank faces as well, that they're not getting this. Yeah. And when you see that, then you can revert back and you can go, okay, let's, discuss this in a different way or use a different example when it's just a screen or even if it's a very very small class you're not getting that so therefore the whole education experience is entirely diminished Mm -hmm. right and like education for me is never about lectures education like i mean if you take the the cambridge or the harvard philosophy you read for your degree so your lecturing will give you so much but if you then don't listen to the designated Further, podcast, yeah. uh, the documentaries, do your readings and I stuff hope like we're, that. We're a designated podcast now, are we? No, because we're not. <laughs> That's re- un, we're un, not reputable. <laughs> what is it? Uh, yeah, not not a reputable source. Yeah, exactly, stay away from yeah, this. Exactly. We're up there with Wikipedia, the Sun, the Mirror. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like, and even look, you know yourself, right? If you're if you're at home and you're um, so how I would I'm uh, like bring it back to its basic one hundred and one level, right? If you're going to the cinema. And you watch something. You're just watching what's on the screen. And that's it. You're not distracted. There's very limited distractions. You're very, very focused on what's going on. 
if you are watching a pre-recorded lecture or you're watching a lecture which was recorded and you're watching it back afterwards, if you haven't been there, you're watching the lecture. You could be watching it on 1.5 speed or double speed. You're checking in with TikTok every now and then. You're going making a fucking cup of tea. Pouring a bottle of wine. Pouring a bottle of wine. Whatever the story is, right? You're being distracted, right? So... Therefore, you're not taking in as much. You're probably not note-taking because that's not the norm. Like, you would very rarely watch a YouTube video and take notes, right? You know what, that's so totally different. It happened to me. I joined in on um, on a webinar this week. Um, and I actually, literally what, what you said, I was joined in. Obviously, we weren't, like, our faces weren't shown or anything like that. It was literally, there could have been hundreds of people on it. I'm not sure how many was on it. But like that, I had it on in the house, but I was doing other stuff as yeah. well. And I was, like, in and out, and I wasn't listening, and exactly what you said there. And I was like, I want to be back in person at these events again. And again, that's that's the difference, right? So if you have a... Like, we all listen to podcasts, right? And we have podcasts on the background. If you're listening to a podcast for entertainment purposes, but you happen to be learning a few bits and pieces there, that's fine. That's your choice in terms of how you want to consume that podcast. If you are paying anywhere between 10 grand and 16 and a half grand to do a master's, or if you're in an undergrad, to do a podcast, it's an educational <laughs> experience. So therefore, there has to be the highest form of education provided and that isn't just the material being consumed but is how that material is consumed so it was it was just a very very strange year again i'm not one of these people that would say we need to completely ditch technology um in the classroom because universities need to evolve they need to move on um we need to use the technologies that are available to heighten the learning experience but this idea of a hybrid when you're in neither camp that doesn't work either so like some of my colleagues for example would have used the flipped classroom approach whereby you view a pre-recorded lecture or a case study or a documentary Mm. online then you come into the classroom and there's no lecturing in the classroom per se it's just conversation discussion about the particular topic or whatever the case may be. That is a good example of using your technology um, to actually increase the learning experience. Another example would be, um, and this is particularly helpful for bigger classes of three, 500 students, which you would have. And it's very, very hard to get engagement in those classes mm. because there's three to 500 um, students there. One or two people are not going to speak exactly, out Exactly, but you can have them download an app and have quizzes and stuff or not even quizzes but opinion on Mm. this so then you can say okay I spotted this I spotted this this is your opinion on this do you want to elaborate on that so you're taking the overall opinion of the class and then you're maybe getting someone to speak about it so everyone's contributing and everyone Uh, kind of sees what they so again like technology should be an enabler it's not a replacement and that's why the whole this year in particular, like with COVID, it was understandable because it was COVID. We were locked down. We couldn't go into class. This year, there was a weird blend where it was um, it was part in, part out, and that didn't really work. And beyond that, and look, I don't begrudge people this at all, but people were locked up for two years. Yeah, Of yeah. course, I have a class at nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Not to hope. If <laughs> students want to go and have a good time on a Monday after being locked away for two years... <laughs> Best of luck. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I don't I'll be there. that for a second. <laughs> yeah. But 
ultimately the, the the whole thing is that next year we need to learn from what happened during COVID, yeah. learn what worked, what didn't work, and then try and adopt and change the education experience for the better of both the academic, but obviously the student is the priority here. Do you think going forward now over next year, next semester or whatever, that many of the lectures will continue with the technology or just revert back to when, when like, because things are going to open or have opened back up pretty much. Do you think they'll just forget the whole technology side and just go hell for leather with full in-person now come September again? I th- yeah, I, th- I think it's like, I mean, so this is probably going to be university policies more than anything else. And I wouldn't really say the tech, they'll ditch the technology because some people were using it more than others and so on and so forth. But I mean, I think the difference is going to be will they record or not? Okay. And I would imagine the majority will not record. Just become compulsory to come into yeah, class. Yeah, I think so. Because, and again, look, miss, I think, miss out with your own fault kind of thing. I think so. But I think it's a, like, I think there's, there's a lesson to be learned here though for everyone that if you, and there was one of my colleagues, I was on a call um, this week and one of my colleagues made a very, very valid point whereby, so students are, students are very, very smart, right? And students will use their time and they're very, very time poor because they're doing part-time jobs <clears throat> and they're working in groups for assignments, they're coming to lectures, etc. So they're very, very busy people. So students will use their own discernment in terms of what lectures they should go to and what lectures they won't. Mm. There are some lectures whereby the students will make a discernment that there is no difference to watching this lecture online mm-hmm. versus actually going to the class in and of itself like and that is what you said like almost the discussion so i think i'm not going to get d- that in that discussion class, engage and again i don't necessarily entirely believe that because i yeah. do believe there is a difference between you viewing someone yeah. and being in the auditorium versus you so that but they but there is a discernment that would be made there in terms of if you've got to do a part-time job to pay for your astronomical rent and pay for your astronomical fucking food prices and all yeah. the rest of it you need to do that like you know so that needs to be acknowledged in terms of the reality the students are in at the moment. That being said, I do think the majority will say that the hybrid doesn't work and therefore the natural thing is to revert back to the way it was. Um, I personally will probably, my preference would be to do revert back to the way it was but offer some sort of a, if the technology allowed it, offered some in between. So what I would like is if you attend 70% of classes, for example, 80% of classes, whatever the figure is, then automatically you get access to maybe the recordings as well. If you want to go yeah, back yeah, and yeah. look at something you don't or get something just like not that. For not turning you just up. don't get yeah. for not turning up, etc. Um, or if there was a student who was DSS, so disability support, okay. they get access to everything straight away. Um, I would be in favor of... Uh, time t- and these have been discussed in the university these aren't just my ideas by the way these are things <laughs> yeah. that I'm robbing from all of yeah. my colleagues basically but different things about clustering timetables so in a world okay. where students do have, have to, to engage in more in yeah they have to be engaged in more part time work instead of having a student come in wait five hours between lectures yeah. have them come in have two block lectures it, yeah. in a row and then they can maybe structure their um they can structure their um, they can structure their part time work around that. Like we tried with a course that I'm involved in, whereby they would have um, a Thursday and a Friday free, 
Now, the idea of having the Thursday and the Friday free wasn't necessarily that they would just get involved in group work or have it for mm. part-time work, but also that we would put on extra labs, workshops that were and outside you you of the curriculum. And we had those days free. And they knew that they had those days free. So it allows for a more in-depth, yeah. immersive college experience. So, look, there's a lot... There's a lot um, and again, there's a lot that we can do. I think there's a lot that we can learn as academics um, going into the next academic year. But also, there is an element here whereby, and I'm not trying to sound crass here or kind of uh, on a kind of a high horse, but where ultimately the academics and the educators and the students are the students. So therefore, there has to be an element of a student may at a certain moment in time, for example, if you're in second year of a business degree, go for the low-hanging fruit and that may be to watch something online. Yeah. That's not what is best for you in yes, terms of yes. your overall education. So therefore, there is some of this stuff that we're going to have to force on people and that's just because, again, we're the educators and we've got the research, the data to show how but people I, learn the best. Going, going back to even my my days in college, like what I learned most from now was, yeah, I learned a lot sitting in class when I was listening. But when I when I was out in you know in the corridor or in the canteen or sitting down with lecture, yep. that's when you learn the most because you're able to ask questions about more on the personal side of it in terms of their experience or industry experience in my case, you know. And that's, to me, it was the valuable part over the last... And I know we talked about this before in previous episodes. We were talking in the height of COVID and all that. But going back on it, that is what was missing the most over the last two two more years now or whatever it is. And it's not just the interaction between the student and the lecturer, but it's the interaction between the students and the students. So... When you're leaving a class, turning around to your colleague and going, or your 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 friend and saying, "Did you get that?" Yeah, yeah. And if like they can it, explain it a different way, no, I didn't get it, but I thought he meant this way. You know that kind of that thing. That kind yeah. of thing. And the problem is, is that you could have someone sitting at home watching this, going, "Am I, I completely stupid here yeah. that I didn't get this?" Whereas if you're walking out and no one got it. Then, well, at the best case scenario, <laughs> the lecturer will pick up that no one's getting it and corrects it in the class in and of itself. Worst case scenario, the student picks up from talking to people that no one got it yeah. and at least they don't feel a bit shit about themselves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a number of different things kind of going on there. And again, there's a lot of things that, like, like college isn't just about, college isn't just about the education stuff, right? It's about... The societies, I was never involved in any societies at all. Didn't like them, did was doing my own thing. Um, but people get a lot of kicks out of them, and that's fine. It's learning about friends, looking after friends. Um, it's when it's it's a period of your life whereby, and this is just probably that age as opposed to just being college, whereby you have to look out for people that you may not necessarily have had to look out for or be responsible yes. before. Yeah. So your friend being very, very drunk on a night out, mm. being the responsible one, leaving early and getting them home. That's a lesson that you I'd learned. I'd say you've done do you that I mean? plenty of times, I'd say. Probably, yeah, yeah. I did. And <laughs> people do it to me as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so like, I mean, so th- again, there's this there's this absolute learning experience that goes on. Um, and that's really, really important. That was totally absent for the last two years. Yeah. And now it's about, for me, if we can, and it is going to be difficult, and I don't think it's going to happen next year, I think it's going to happen probably over the next two, three, four, five years where we slowly bring back what was previously, but also borrow from what worked in a kind of a COVID scenario. And also technology changes, technology gets better. 
we should find ways whereby the education experience is heightened and it's not looked in this binary technology or no technology kind of yeah. way. You know? No, I'll come back to it. I think it's what you're making is even important for the whole side of business things that we haven't had for the last couple of years. Like as I already mentioned that webinar now. I'm missing the whole event side of it. And I think so many people now even that are maybe even graduating in the last year or two won't have those networking skills going into the business or into industry, you know, that they're able to rock along to event on their own, get to know people, hopefully get work out of it or get a job or whatever it is. That whole side of it we're missing now. So nowadays, you know, and I've only talked to someone about this during the week that they were asking about networking, you know, and, and it's just you have to kind of get out there and you can't it's not something you can you can learn certain skills again but you kind of have to just get out and hope for the best and try it and see what works and what doesn't work you know so it's one thing i do encourage many many people to do if they're anyway involved in kind of a similar industry to what we're doing or a similar role get out and about and meet people get along to these events that are happening whether they're business or local market local business events or marketing related events or networking events you know something like you know you have the likes of your local enterprises your district your chambers all these kind of things they all have events that you can attend the marketing institute have it as well you know get along and meet people and that will come from as i said students now coming out of college will never have had that experience and might correct yeah be fearful of walking into these rooms you know but they're but they're fun right because like i mean we like we've gone to and again i i'm not a big fan so there's a lot of networking events that are set up as networking events and oh, no one actually same people it's, at them as well it's the, pe- it's the people going to show i'm at this event and yeah. those are completely useless but there are little pockets um that you'll always get in every city, it doesn't matter where you are, whereby people go and there's a genuine interest in the speaker, the, whatever the story is. But then it's not just going to see the speaker, you have a bit of a natter afterwards, whatever you go for a couple of points. It's there where you kind of meet people and you learn what their stories are, their kind of history and their career is, what their skill sets are. And that's where you build up your network ultimately, mm-hmm. do you know? And um, that's something that was lost. And I think it's something that would be very, very valuable. Uh, coming back and I think people it's the one thing that people constantly say the online version of that world never didn't worked. work no, not it at just all. did not work you um, can you network online you could, put people into groups and all this kind of stuff it just doesn't work like yeah you know? and again like it's one thing that I did like I remember even with the students so students used to always um, or one thing that a lot of people did was they put students into groups or pods or whatever kind of where they go into like little teams in the online I never did that because if that was me I'd be terrified and i just leave so therefore I was like no but I mean it's the same thing with with adults like we just don't yeah. like being pigeonholed into being forced to network it's something that happens naturally and again if we're at those networking events it's more oh Dave have you met he's involved in X, Y, and Z. It's not, right, we're going to put you into rigorous groups of yeah. five and you are going to be forced to talk yeah. to each other. Icebreakers. <laughs> Icebreakers. Throw a tennis ball at each yeah. other and we'll see who gets well, on three, whatever. Three like. facts you never you never thought you'd know about me or tell whatever. Some, yeah, tell something interesting about yourself. It's like, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, well, I'm a dog think, called Lassie. I think, like, a lot of students coming out, and there will be a few listening to this, obviously, with your students or people that I've taught nah. in the way as well. Incredible podcast and all that. But, one thing I've noticed out with students as well is that they don't, some of them now, obviously not every student every year is going to do it, but especially in the field that we're in, they're not pushing themselves like they used to when they were back in full-time, you know, inside and full-time. They're not getting out there as much, do you know, and they're, they're kind of, they're fearful to put well, themselves out there because they've never seen it, you know, even online and stuff like that, you know. So it's I find that a lot of those students that are going to come out now are going to find it very hard to kind of, get a job for themselves if they haven't kind of pushed themselves out there anywhere 
do you know where they're kind of going to be left behind almost for the last two years so it's one of the things you know that they need to start looking at right now and start it's a competitive I think look I think it's some of them are very very good some of them won't some of them will be very very book smart and get analyst jobs maybe and they don't want to be putting themselves out there and that's okay as well there's nothing wrong with that again it goes back to what we said in last week's podcast whereby going into the different kind of careers that you can go down within marketing yeah. for me it all comes back to what are your own goals for yourself and then your career allows you to achieve those goals rather than vice versa so in the early stage of a career do you want to travel well, marketing allows you to do that because you can get a job with a Jemison brand ambassador program or a multinational that allows you, whatever. And you can move about the place. Um, or, you know, if you graduate from a decent university, you can just go over to, hop over to London and you're in the most international city in the world. Not UCC, no? Huh? Not UCC, no? In I the advice, which again, this is more of a do as I say. I love the way you went to DCU opposed to UCC. What? You said DCU opposed to UCC. But um, so if you're, but um, what I would say to people is that if you're, um, if you're in Cork, for example, you're in Dublin, doesn't matter what it is. One of the main things that you should do is get to one of the biggest cities in the world in the early stage of your career. And again, that is a do as I say, as opposed to do what I do, because I've always lived in Cork ultimately. Um, but if you go to a big city, and this is part of a talk that I give my students every year, um kind of an hour and a half kind of a job um, where I just go through different kind of attributes and things that you should actually look at when you're actually looking to um, when you're looking to kind of progress your career if you are going to a city like a London um, like a New York whatever the case may be you are working for the biggest companies the best companies the most aggressive companies and you're working with the best people if you're talking about um, sport if you play with the best people you will get better mm. No offense to Cork. Cork is brilliant. I love Cork. The best marketers in the world aren't in Cork. So ah, therefore no, you on. should therefore you should get it, but you should get abroad. And again, this is the do as I say, not as what I do, because yeah. I didn't leave yeah. and I try and go abroad for conferences and I teach over in London a few times a year and all that kind of jazz. But ultimately, if you're in that marketing game and you're looking to progress, you should go abroad. And that'll be just a very, very mm basic piece of advice I'm not saying you have to go abroad um, just sometimes give you that competitive it edge it gives you a bit of a competitive edge it opens you up to different cultures um, opens you up to different ways of thinking doing things there is a lot to be said and as well as that too I think what it does is it gives you a sense of scale mm. if you're in any Irish city because it's Ireland you find it very hard to understand the scale that a business can get to you go to any tube station in London at rush hour and you understand scale. Yeah. This is 10 minutes at one portion of one day at one moment in time. Mm. And there are thousands of people here. Get out That's of the way. scale. <laughs> that is scale. Join it or get out of the way. Exactly. Effectively, <laughs> yeah. yeah. As you get people here, oh, we'll put a bus, we'll put a bus shelter here and a bus shelter here. There's brands that are taking over tube stations. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So it just gives you a different sense of perspective that I don't think you do here. All the stuff you learn still applies but it just gives you a sense of scale and what you, how many people you need to hit to actually achieve the targets that you would want to achieve. That's what I it's the same with um, startups. If, if, if anyone comes to me with a startup and say, don't start in, don't start in Ireland. Yeah. Disaster. Get to a city. Because Birmingham, if you launch a company in Birmingham, is bigger than the whole population of Ireland. Yeah. And it's a smaller region, obviously. So obviously, look, I'm coming to this predominantly from the ever academic lecture perspective. So I'm working with students. Um... 
and even though I do a lot of hiring as well in a kind of a consultancy capacity for yourself who is entirely an industry and kind of came into marketing kind of left the field almost what would your advice be to someone that just graduated totally kind of not lost as such but totally not knowing where they want to go down or what skills they need to hone into whatever what would you kind of say to people in terms of advice if they're about to they finish their exams they're going to graduate in a few months but what would your advice be? I think going back to what you said a few minutes ago about kind of finding what area you want to go because there's nothing worse about someone coming to you saying you know oh I want to go into marketing what do you want to do uh marketing you know go back to what you said there about finding your niche and finding what you're good at and someone that is a bit more analytical numbers will fall well into probably some form of digital advertising, SEO, whatever it is. They generally go that path. It's kind of one or the other. Someone that might be a bit more creative, a bit more, um, I won't say artistic, but that kind of area will go down the route of maybe content creation, social media management, whatever it is. So I think first off, you have to kind of find where you sit in the whole industry. Now, there is some people then that, as you talked about, um, what was the word you used? Kind generalist. Of generalist. That will understand the different areas and will be able to hold themselves in the conversation, will be able to maybe do the basics, but know when the important thing is know when they're out of their depth yeah. and the specialist need comes in, yeah. you know, and that's very, very important. And that's where people like myself or yourself will go into a business and be the generalist. And, you know, I've gone into businesses where it's not just marketing I end up doing, they do more the managerial, the operation side of it, you know, because that's a background that I have. So I think that's the first thing is find out where, your interests lie and your skills lie as well um which generally can be two sort of things you might want to do one area but you know here shite at it basically yeah, yeah. so find out what what your your interests are but the second thing is is and we might we talked about before but you talked about there in terms of the the reading side of it you need to hone in on that area you need to learn everything you can about that area and everything you get taught in college is brilliant but nothing is going to teach you like actually working actually industry actually work placements work experience whatever it is and then actually going and researching more learning more videos podcasts whatever there's loads of things there's loads of resources out there nowadays but one thing that i find a lot of people in the last couple of years coming to me and saying is i want to go into marketing but i have no experience i can't get work so it's like this whole thing of which comes first the chicken or the egg kind of thing you can't get experience without having you can't get work, sorry, without having experience, but you can't get experience without having to work, you know, you know, if that makes sense. So I always say I don't like telling people to go to go and volunteer or go and do work for free because I do think you should be paid for the work you do. But it's a bit late you, for that when you're graduating. Right? You should it, be yes, doing that exactly. Later, earlier. And that's one of the things I always say when you bring me in to do guest talks with your or I do other guest talks in other other colleges. I always do a little session at the end about kind of starting now, because if you look in a room of maybe it's 30 people maybe it's a room of 300 people start now and the reason being is you are technically they're all friends you're all in those little groups and pods and microsoft team breakouts for the last two years but you are in competition at the end of the day with these people and you are all fighting for a job now thankfully we're as we talked about last week we're all in we're in an industry now where there is a few jobs going but there's big competition for these jobs as well because there's so many people coming out of college because there's so many people entering marketing as an industry, I suppose. Like it's probably on the increase in the last few years because it's become trendy and cool to kind of go into this area. So I kind of fake it till you make it as well though, I would say. Oh, there's definitely some of that. Sorry. Yeah, a lot, a, lot, a lot of that goes on. Like, I mean, and the one point that I would pick up there more so than most would be 
again, the reading bit. So like, as I always say, if you're doing accountancy as a profession, you do your degree in accountancy or in commerce and you do your accountancy specialization and blah, blah, blah. You then go on to do a three-year apprenticeship and go on and do your ACA exams, whatever the case may be. So you're learning more on the job from the practical experience, right? There is an entitlement with some people, I'm not saying everyone by any stretch of the imagination, but some people that I've got my degree, that's it. That can't be how it no. works. Like, I mean, I'm a good bit older than the majority of my students. A bit older. <laughs> my students and me. Not that old. <laughs> but, um, not till next year. But the, not till next year. Next year I'm old. But this year I'm fine. And next year I'll say I'm fine again. <laughs> yeah. But Next year's denial. Exactly. But the the point here is that, like, like when I was coming through, um, when I did my degree, there was no digital marketing. Digital mm. marketing wasn't a thing. So therefore, I had all You're of showing the, your age now. I had, I know, yeah. <laughs> so I had all of the the marketing skills because yeah. I was taught them, and I had a great education coming through um, the university that I'm teaching in now. But ultimately, I had to then go upskill yes. in all of these areas. And now, as a lecturer, I have to keep on upskilling. Yeah. To pay, like there was nothing broke my heart more than when those iOS 14 changes came out last year because it was like well, all... that's those that's those hundred <laughs> lecture slides dead in the water yeah. anyway do you know what Start I mean from so scratch. there's all there's all this stuff that you're in a constant kind of a you're a constant student right um learning different things strategies techniques and i mean that comes down to the the best piece of advice that i would give someone and again these when i say i'm giving the advice i've ripped this from somewhere so the last bit about being in competition in the city i've robbed that from scott galloway i've robbed <laughs> i'm gonna rob this bit from you're someone giving else. away all your secrets oh, no, Rob, no. as i'm academic That's i it, take yeah. i cite everyone who i take the information from but inspired by inspired by yeah but the thing here is that if you're a constant student that means that you're learning from something one of the main things that you will always learn from is failing there is no marketer and because marketing isn't anymore just about doing a process oriented job there is a value that you need to add to an organization so i heard a very uh, motivational i can't remember who i saw it i was actually only this week i saw it um was a failure it means that decisions were made now, well, that's a bit too philosophical. That was for me a bit now. deep. No, that's a bit too deep. No, for me, I don't like that. No, no, no. Yeah. What? What? What was the point? What? Well, yeah, come on. Well, <laughs> drive it on. But <laughs> quick. Ultimately, the point here is that, like, if you're operating in an environment whereby you're in an SME, multinational, let's just say SME, you're given a budget. Could be small. Could be five grand. Could let's just nothing. say over the space of well, yeah, over the space of say two months. And you're looking to drive sales. Nowadays, we can measure where every cent of that went in terms of um, in terms of advertising, what platform, what content, blah blah blah, and then what came back in terms of sales. If you have done that for the first time and you failed, you might be thinking the world is crashing down around you. I've just wasted five grand. Every single one of us has ran a campaign or worked with a company or conceptualized something in terms of a brand or launched a product and we've just gotten it wrong because it's entirely subjective, right? You are making a judgment based on the research and the data that is available Mm -hmm. and you are applying that logic to some sort of a campaign or a launch or whatever that that you're putting out into the marketplace. And sometimes it works, sometimes it works brilliantly, and sometimes it doesn't. 
and I would always say to people that in the early stage of your career, fail as many times as you need to. Now, don't fail. Don't <laughs> fail too often because you won't get because you you won't get hired anywhere. But in a results based game, the only way that you learn is through either being very very good and also learning from why that worked out very yes. very well but more so it's always about okay why didn't that work out as well as i wanted it to or why did that completely tank and then applying that to the next campaign so that that will then work if you do the same thing over and over again then that's just fucking stupid right because it's always going to fail um so i think that that lesson to me is very very important in terms of just sheer resilience been involved you've been the same been involved in companies whereby it's been an absolute disaster but then X amount of years into my career, I can point at all these successes and I can point at all these failures and I can say, yeah, the I've successes this from the, this, and yeah. the successes outweigh the failures big time. Like, do you know what I mean? So that's what you need to kind of point to. Whereas if you're in the air early stage of your career and you don't have that bank of wins, yeah. you can get very, very disenfranchised very, very early. And that's what I would always say to people. Resilience is really, really important. You will get success if you keep on at it now there does become a point where you have to realize that probably maybe maybe i'm not very good at this but by and large success is predominantly a ratio of um uh resilience over failure is what i would say so then we always talk about this bullshit about what's the best piece of advice and all the rest and we can we've just gone through a few bits and pieces there now we could go on for hours about this kind of stuff but What's the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten in the early stages of your career, we'll say, that you learned from? I was going to say start a podcast until you said early stages, but... No. I, for the record, I didn't recommend that. No, you were the one who came advice. up with this yeah. idea, this calamity. My own advice. Please um, come back on. That's... If you come back. <laughs> that's if he comes back. It's like the, the Titanic, come back, go on, yeah. come back. <laughs> He'll be watching in there when this goes out. He'll be like, what are they after doing? Um... <laughs> Worst piece of advice, I suppose you kind of already said that I didn't come into marketing through traditional means. So I suppose I didn't get much advice actually in early days of going into marketing. I kind of fell into it myself. But going from that then is where I would advise people to, you know, and you can you can go down a rabbit hole in terms of like a mentor or someone to bounce ideas off. But I do think it is important to maybe not so much always find a mentor as in one person, but finding a group of people that you can bounce ideas off or go to to get their ideas. They might be on the same level as you. They might be peers in college, but they're just a good group of people that think well, think similar to you, or maybe even think totally different to you, but are able to ground you in terms of what you're thinking. And just someone to be a group that you're able to, you know, um, be confident enough that you will, be able to speak well in in terms of so I, I suppose I've never really gotten too much advice I suppose in terms of marketing but that's been my way of working for the last couple of years like if I need to bounce ideas off someone I will go to someone whether it's even you or whether it's someone else um, just to bounce ideas off I suppose even me yeah no says, I just I said I had to you. throw it in yeah 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 even just me. to keep you happy like yeah, otherwise you'd be giving no, out about me keep me happy even him um, no I would actually agree so like I mean like what's your thoughts on my, having a my mentor? big thing i big on big on mentorship yeah big on, i had several mentors i would say um because i often wear two hats in industry and academia i often had multiple that makes in, sense in but both. when you said to me several mentors 
a lot of people would think they have several mentors, but they don't. They just have people to talk to. Whereas that makes sense that no, you have. No, I would have. No, I would classify them as mentor, like colleagues as well. But mentors, after a time, I would say, like no one starts off as a mentor. No, but they they're a colleague or they're a boss starting off, yeah. and then over time that graduates into something 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 not more meaningful, but just something more, shall we say? Mm. So therefore, but I I would say that that mentorship thing is important because unlike a network, so a network you can bounce ideas off of and they can be very, very supportive. I think what a mentor should be able to do is call out your bullshit as well. Very when true. you're doing something wrong or when you're not getting something or when you're, maybe you're being a bit too stubborn or a bit too arrogant or a bit too cocky or you're not really understanding the political environment that you're in or whatever, whatever there's a loads of different situations you could be in. A mentor is a someone that probably drags you back by the scruff of your collar and says, cop on a small yeah. bit. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that to me was very, very important, I think, particularly when I was kind of had the two hats on um, and still have the two hats on and still I'm trying to, I'm not fucking 50. Like I'm trying to grow in either of <laughs> next those year, areas. Next like, year. <laughs> no, I'm not fucking 50. Just to be clear to all the listeners, I am not Fuck, I am not fucking 50. And there's nothing wrong with being 50, but I'm not fucking 50. You just alienated half our audience there, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but look, ultimately, the I think, no, I, I would be big on the mentorship thing, yeah. big time. And again, I think some mentors stay there for a short period of time and they kind of serve, not serve purpose, because that sounds very, very transactionary, but others then stay for a longer period of time and so on and so forth and those relationships transition. But I always think you need someone there to kind of, Hold you accountable. But I think. going back to the the student thing, a mentor I feel nowadays has the idea of a mentor. I I love the idea of a mentor, but I think the idea of a mentor has been lost among the social kind of audience that are coming out nowadays because they're watching. Well, Gary Vaynerchuk is your mentor. If you're fucking talking yeah. about that, like, you know that's I mean? what I was going to mention. Like, that's the problem is a lot of people are looking up to this kind of attitude and this kind of culture and this kind of behavior and thinking that's my mentor. That's my that's follow, not a mentor. You know? That's having a god complex, yes. and there's an entirely different thing to that. Your mentor, everyone is fucking. We're all individuals, hey. <laughs> but we all have a personality. Exactly. But ultimately, I was the. I was watching Derry Girls the other day, and they were saying we're all being individual this year. But I don't want to be individual by myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but yeah. But ultimately, the, the thing with the thing with that is that. It's very, very unique to you because certain people have certain traits, qualities, skills, attributes. You want to achieve certain things. You have certain different balances in terms of monetary versus relationships, friends versus um, your work. All these different things fil filter into it, right? In terms of what you want, in terms of your 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, mm -hmm. your whole year. How do you want that to be made up? What do you want to achieve? That is very, very unique to you. And that is why I would always say that your mentor should understand what your goals and ambitions yes. are. And again, if it is just focused on work, that's no good because your work is never going to be a determinant entirely in terms of how you want your work-life balance to be, shall we say. Um, but they're both intrinsically linked now. Some people are happy to work, again, like we said, I think we said it last week, they're happy to work for 80 grand a year when they're 21 and they're working for your little or your Aldi, yeah. whatever the case may be, and they're happy to work themselves into the ground. And fair play to them, but they're predominantly motivated by monetary 
um, worth. There are other people there who are happy to eat beans on toast for five years because they want to set up their own business, but they are going to strive towards something that they are absolutely passionate mm. about, but they are also highly, highly um, risk-intensive. And they're and they're fine with that because they're pursuing something that they love, they enjoy, and so on and so forth. Um, and then you've got other people who want a balance of I want my nine to five to go on two holidays a year, yeah. but I want to spend my weekends with my friend. It depends what it is, right? Like I've got one of the best examples that I have is that I've got a mate, and he loves climbing mountains. Loves climbing mountains. Big ones. He could earn. He could earn. Not metaphorical, by the way. I mean, big. I mean, proper biz, big fucking mountains. Right, okay. And the point is, is that if he wanted to um, earn more money, he could. Mm. But he just loves fucking climbing mountains. Yeah. That means that he needs to go out every evening and fucking exercise. So and he can climb mountains. He can, so he can climb mountains. So therefore, he can't be in work fucking eight in the morning to late in the evening. You just can't do it. So again, it's down to your own goals, yes. ambitions, and then using your career in marketing, whatever that may be, to actually allow you to achieve those goals and ambitions. And I think that is, that to me is the key thing here in terms of what how you craft your career in the early day. And again, when we're younger, we all look at the scoreboard. How much are you earning? How much am I earning? How much <laughs> am I earning more than him? If I'm earning more than him, then fuck it, I'm doing better than him. I'm smarter than him. And that's, Mickey waving at its best, right? Um, <laughs> in, in lad context, anyway. But ultimately, again, that doesn't matter. If you're mature enough, you're going to look at what you want in terms of your overall life. How do I achieve that in the short term for right now? And how do I do that over my overall career? Which, again, is a difficult thing to do because you start work at 20. You don't retire until you're 78 or whatever year. By the time we whatever. retire, we'll be fucking 95. 95, <laughs> yeah. If I make it to 95, I've had a great time. Um, so anyone that oh, I mean, that's it. couldn't be bothered listening now to the whole show, we round it up in a couple of bits of advice now that you, we've gone through. So get out and network. Yeah. Um, surround yourself with good people, basically. Good people are important. Um, start now. You know, especially if you're a graduate, yeah. you're probably on the slightly on the too late yeah. side, but start now the minute you're listening, if you're starting off your career. and Don't start a podcast. Don't start a podcast is a big one. And find out what you're interested in in terms of career, monetary value. Not interested in what is your ambition. Not what you're interested in. Stop people banging, are in, will you? People destroying are interest, the mics. What? Stop I banging. don't mind that. Not what you're interested in. You're interested. I'm inter- like you're interested in food, sport, music, yeah, football, yeah, pornography. Yeah, whatever. You're interested in lots of different things. The point is, is that you may not be able to make money off follow of those your things. dreams. Yeah. What is? No, don't follow your fucking dreams. That's the worst advice you can give someone. For God's sake. I never got that. That's fucking the problem. Pocahontas <laughs> over here in the corner. But anyway, the the point here is. What is your goal in terms of your work, life, balance, self, whatever, and fit your career into that as opposed to just looking at your career in a kind of a binary, singular kind of way. I think that would be the best thing. And again, we said earlier on kind of mentorship, I think is very, very important there to get you through that. D- Dave, is, Dave is open for anyone that wants. Fuck off. Sorry, don't fuck. I sorry. <laughs> I can't say that. I, my students are fine. Anyone else listening in? I'm not open for. I'm not open for inquiries. I'll send you, you, can, me, you, I'll send you to, me hourly. You can go to go to the university that I teach, and then I can be your mentor. You're fine. Um, but also, but yeah, but I think that that's that's I think that's key here. And the other thing that I would say as well is that don't get pissed off too early in your career if your things aren't going your way. Yeah. Because yeah. people get really pissed off in their career early doors. I did a PhD and was living like a peasant for four years and was 
tearing up. I had dreadlocks when I started my PhD and now I'm schlapped. So things go badly early on. Keep on going. Be grand. Good stuff. Well, we got through without a producer. Without a producer, I know. Now, we'll see what the edit's like. Watch <laughs> now. My mic wasn't turned on. <laughs> Some disaster. Again. So, but, uh, hopefully that someone's listening to us somewhere, but uh, hopefully we'll have Owen back next week. And uh, No, no, no. We will have Owen back. I'm dragging here. We'll light a candle. We'll light, we'll light, we'll light a candle in the church. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Subscribe on social. Follow us. Subscribe on YouTube. All that kind of stuff. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks very much, guys.